The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, how's your dead dog country music show going? It's very good. I had a bit of a faux pas yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a big one. Is this your first radio faux pas? Uh, um, probably one. not. No, probably no. not. But okay. it was. Um, I, I, I played. I played a Kate Rusby version of um, uh, of the theme tune to The Littlest Hobo. Right. Remember that song? I do. Uh, that was kind of, uh, was it a 70s, 80s television programme, wasn't it? Well, yeah, early 80s. I mean, oh. I, it was one of those things you'd come home from right. on school. You you and I, it would have been our generation, right? But wasn't it a Sunday afternoon show? Oh, it might have been. Yeah, I, don't I think know. it There's was. a voice. Yeah. Keeps yeah, on remember, calling yeah, me yeah. down the road. <laughs> I love that song, yeah. right? And I, and I thought, right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play that yeah. on the show yesterday. Nice. And uh, and I got a Kate Rusby version of it, so it's nice and folky. It wasn't yeah. the original, because which is awful. Um, and as I was playing it, my friend messaged me on Instagram. Um, he said, uh, "Oh my God, I'm in total tears listening to this." I was like, "Oh, what have I done?" He said, "We're literally just having our dog put down with the music oh, no. playing in the background." Oh, Kev, <laughs> poor old Meg. Oh. Meg, Meg, the 17 year old whippet that, that's a friend of Breezy's, yeah. uh, is no more. Oh. There's no longer a voice. What? <laughs> She's no longer going to keep okay. on following you. <laughs> the Fuji Cast. <laughs> I, well, I I appreciate you've got a dark sense of humour in this one. Does yeah. he does he um, share your dark sense of humour? Well, I think he uh, yeah, I think he saw that. No, no, no. <laughs> you and your questions today. Welcome to the Fujicast, by the way. It, it is not the dead dog phone in show. You and your questions from our electronic mailbag, and of course, also through the Fujicast private Facebook group that you're very welcome to become a part of. If you'd like to send a mail through, you can to click at fujicast.co.uk. If you are not a Fujifilm shooter, do not worry. It's a big community, and whatever flavour you shoot, you're very welcome here. Thank you to our friends who've supported us on Patreon, which, for the price of a coffee, keeps the show growing. I'm not going to say going, because I know that upsets Kev. If you're one of our patrons, of course, uh, you may well hear one of your bumped-to-the-front questions. Kev's Book of the Week this week. What do we have, Kev? What do we have, Kev? Oh, my word. <laughs> I just showed him a picture. Uh, we've got Orchard <laughs> Beach, the Bronx Riviera by Wayne Lawrence. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is it full of stuff like the one you've just shown me? Uh, no. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. More on that later. I think this is going to be a very difficult conversation. <laughs> and uh, we have a guest this week. It's the first of um, our chats with friends of the show. Um, and it's going to be Steve Ford, who has a really good story, actually, doesn't doesn't he? Because he incredible. He just, I mean, he just jumped off the the uh, corporate hamster wheel and and did what I think a lot of us would like to go and do. Yeah, you'll have to listen to the story, but yeah, absolutely. And, and interesting, at the end of the interview, he tells us what he used to do in the Royal Navy, which I thought was fascinating. Oh, I didn't know that bit. Yeah, fascinating. Oh, okay. Those pesky Russians and their boats. <laughs> Steve Ford coming up very, very soon then as a guest. Right, to your questions. Do you want to go first, Kev? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, Chris J. Guy. Mm. Question for Kev, he says. Okay. You said a couple of times recently that documentary photographers should be listening when photographing. I assume to get a jump on moments about to unfold. You even mentioned leaving your phone in a room and recording the audio as a training tool. Can you give some examples of what you are listening for and what do you do uh, once you hear something of interest? It's a bit creepy, Kev, just leaving your phone in a room and recording people. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't, don't you do that? No, no, I don't. I've been doing that for years. What? <laughs> um, yeah, it's brilliant when you leave the video on the um no so the the, the point is chris we've we have talked about this a few times actually recently but it's um the idea originally um came up or came to me from pat pat larock 
and uh you know the idea is that if you're struggling for something to shoot yeah if you record the audio it will give you a message it will give you a story so as an example right so here's an example let's just say and i do this on my street photography workshops you've got i allocate a street corner and i i say right go you've got to come back with five pictures just five pictures you've got half an hour five pictures and mostly people will will struggle on standing still on the street corner but what i explain to them is if they listen if they record the audio on their phone just five minutes go into a coffee shop whatever listen back to the audio you will hear things that tell you the story of that street corner so you'll hear the cars you'll hear water running you'll hear pelican crossings beeping you'll hear uh, the voices of the the people in the shops all of that stuff will will, will help you think okay there's the story that's yeah. the story same at weddings so drop the um drop the phone down uh, record the audio you'll hear things like you might hear the the chefs shouting in the in the kitchen you might think okay so if you know that's a story uh, you might hear kids playing in the you know in the background or, or whatever or you can hear uh you know granny and granddad having an argument in the corner that you might not pick up when you're just you know too busy walking around with the camera in your eye so that's that's really it um you know so audio is is as powerful do you practice that though is that is that i mean is that an exercise that's very good and strong to I, help, help you tune your eye but do you practice it when you're actually doing it uh, yeah, I do, and not so much at weddings. I no. mean, I, I, I well, occasionally, time, really. occasionally at weddings when I'm yeah. really thinking, mm, "What's there's not a lot going on here." I'll do that, yeah. but for street photography, all the time. Mm. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, really, really brilliant. Um, do you use that audio sometimes with your stories? No, you should, you should do. No, I don't. But yeah, you're right. You could do. And I always say to people, look, the mm. the whole idea of the recording the audio is not for it to be a background backdrop to the to the mm. pictures because typically it's going to be five pictures. But yeah, absolutely, you could. Um, so I, you know, I use it as a vehicle for, uh, you know, helping the observation elements. That's it, really. Um, one from Paul Sillard. This is gonna. Do you want to look at look at your screen? This is a bit like something from. Oh, have you seen um, when? The, it just reminds me when they say, <sighs> "Look at the screen." This reminds me of. Um, oh, what's the program we've been watching, Kev? The detective thing on Sundays. Um, Line of fire. Line of duty. Line of duty. <laughs> Line of fire. <laughs> Maybe they are. Look at your screen. Yeah. OCG. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This this is going to make you feel a little bit squeamish, Kev, because here's a picture of a. Um, we could actually we should put this on the show notes. This this is how to organise your cameras in a box. I mean, look, this isn't just dividers, Kev. Though there is a divider version below. This this is actually those those uh, pelly case. Yeah, the pelly case with a small foam uh, mm-hmm. squares that you can cut out, so everything fits perfectly. E- even even like the right angle piece of a wire would fit into one of those squares that you can take out, Kev. How does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, well, I actually have a pelly case Ooh. for my GFX. Um, but it, oh, those little black squares fall yeah. out all the time. Do they? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I found that quite good. Mm, really? I, I did a shoot last weekend and down in West Wales, and I took my Peli case and my GFX, yeah. and I actually took the camera onto the beach in a carrier bag with the lenses because I just couldn't be bothered. You know, you pick up the box, it all falls apart. Re- releasing, rattling. releasing your inner Jane Bowen. Yeah, it, it would t- well, it wasn't a carrier bag, but it was like a it was a posh carrier bag, you right. know, one of those Hessian sack type things. All oh, right, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I look honestly, the 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 camera case yeah. with the the little black squares and everything, I get yeah. all of those dividers in the one below. <laughs> I, I do not, I do not oh, get. Oh, that's music to my eyes, though, Kev. 
that really is look that, at how difficult it would be to get oh. get in and out and all that velcro or, or although it's probably not velcro because velcro is a trademark it's a it's a company not a thing uh, but oh you know oh but kev really this is just like like the pelly case only softer and lighter which which i thought you'd like it's the reason for going fuji after all isn't it no it's just even got the silicon gel little packet down there to keep the stick it all in there <laughs> just leave it in there paul says hello hello ken Look, look, you've got a new name. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I'm going to call you Ken now. You can be my Barbie. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, Neil. Your webcasts are keeping me sane when I'm driving or cycling or walking the dogs. I started with Fujifilm with an X100 around 2011. I, was that the year? That was When did yeah. they come out? That was the year, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. right, right from yeah. Paul was an early adopter. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've been around the block with the X-Pro, the X-T, and the odd X100 here and there. However, I've sold my X100... Uh, is that X100s or I sold my 100S, I think you mean. Yeah, it's always hard writing the plural of X100. Yeah, and, <laughs> and thought that my X-Pro2 with either the 27 or 23 lens would suffice. However, recently, I've decided to sell a couple of lenses from my kit bag, which uh, released some, some dollars. And then in a moment of weakness, I went into the local camera store and splurged on a 100V and both the adapters. Justified the purchase with the lens shutter and built-in flash and the new lens. But one great attraction is that there are only three lens options. So I'm, I'm trying to decide which lens to take on a walk. I've put together a travel kit mm-hmm. using a 10 by Toolbox 8. There we are. Yeah. And, uh, and then the Peli case as well. Uh, feeling of using an X100V is something very special. Looks like Fujifilm created the, the almost perfect camera. But there's a, a male thread on the front of the lens when every other camera lens has a female thread for filters. So uh, now the poor X100 owner not only has to buy a stupid double female adapter, but he or she has to unscrew the set adapter if they want to attach the wide angle or tele adapters, which of course have a female thread. Oh, there's a reason behind that for well, the thread on the X100. So there is a question, but let's go for the thread first. Okay, it's because it's called a vanity thread. That's what it was originally called, the vanity ring. Right. Um, and and it was all to do with the 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 lens itself on the X100 and the uh, adding these um, adapters, the the adapter lenses, so the wide angle conversion, the teleconverter. And all of that kind of stuff. So and then the weather sealing. So there, it's oh, there, there is a, a reason for the X100. method in the madness. Uh, and I think I'm fairly sure all of the other cameras have a standard filter because I just have normal filters that I screw into my other cameras. Okay. Yeah. Well, he says if that wasn't stupid enough, <laughs> he's a bit angry. <laughs> they made the X100V weather resistant, except for the front. Yeah. So after spending circa 2k Australian, we have to buy the uh, the adapter and a protective filter to make the camera weatherproof, which I have to remove every time I want to use the lens adapter. Now for a question. There are dozens of YouTube videos about lens hoods for the X100. Do you use a lens hood? Is it necessary? What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I don't use lens hoods, but um, it does depend a little bit on where you are. And it, So if he's in Australia and stuff like that. Going back to that point about the weather sealing, though, yeah. what you have to remember with the X100 is that you cannot get to the sensor. Right. right? You, so the weather sealing, yes, technically you do need that, that ring mm. to totally seal off the front of the lens. However you've got to be in a pretty pretty dire place in order for i would never even consider thinking about not using the x100 with or without that that little ring on the front in the rain in the desert in the forest whatever it would not bother me um so always think always remember the x100 that uh, you know weather sealing it's it's a pretty compacted body um everything is you know you're not going to get anything in you're not changing the lenses so you're not going to get any problems with that um 
lens hoods and all of that kind of stuff i don't really use them um my, on the x100 i definitely don't use them but i did for a while use the square hood it's a swedish company i think they, they sent me a couple oh, of square hoods. i've used one of those yeah and yeah. They, they were they looked very cool yes um i i just genuinely don't see the point of them on an x100 um you know they don't really do they're too small in my mind to block any light or flare or anything like that brownie points for cool looking they look cool mm. yeah the, especially those sweden ones they look very very cool uh lens hood they were called mm. quite expensive but they they were very very cool um but yeah lens hoods no and see look there's no space in that velcro ridden <laughs> i can just hear the noise now you don't like velcro's noise do you oh i hate it why no, in, what's in the, the problem with it yeah, but you're not it's not a velcro lid on this bag it's a zip lid uh <laughs> I always unzip my camera bag before before it starts. The only thing that I find a bit awkward is you, if you need to change a card, because they're all Velcro, aren't they? Sometimes you think, oh, I need to change a card. And it'll always be at a quiet moment where somebody's doing a sermon. Yeah. And you'll try very carefully to... Yeah, 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 yeah. I underneath mean, I, the pew. I, I'm, being, uh, I'm being disingenuous, of course, because lots of... You know, I, just because I don't like using yeah. them, I can understand fully. It looks great. It actually looks really cool what he's done. Yeah. But for me, I, I just don't have the patience for it. I just want to put my hand in the bag, pull out the camera, and I'm done. And I, I don't, I don't need all of those other things. Oh god, don't, it makes my fingernails stand Is on it? edge. No, it's awful. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm going home. <laughs> I used to, I liked it better when we did when I recorded from the studio because I could at least drink beer when you were doing things like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Paul. Your question, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> oh, by the way, have you ever been to Australia? <laughs> um, okay, so this this uh, this question is from um, Patrick Gomez. He says, Hi, Neil and Kev. Um, I did a maternity, shoot, a maternity shoot for a friend. It looked fine for me, but I received a comment that she did not like her photos for some reason. In a way, I felt I did not reach her expectations, which is really bothering me. Uh, in your wedding work, have you ever received that kind of comment and how did you deal with it? And then also, if I may ask, as we transition to freedom, uh, any plans for second post-anniversary celebration for the Fujicast? Yeah. Um, uh, what one should we go for first? Go Com- for the, the... The complaints department. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we both have people that have said that they're disappointed with, uh, with what they've seen. Surely. Yeah. When I mean, you don't shoot that much without I, I i reckon there must be every single photographer that, that has turned a dime must have had a moment where a client has said no that wasn't quite what i wanted and it, anyone who's shot enough that says that's never ever hand on heart happened to them are they really being genuine and absolutely truthful it's, it's a bit like hearing a wedding speech kev where a dad says 35 years i've been married to your mother 35 years we never had a crossword never not once yeah i i totally agree and also if you think if you're very honest with yourself how many times do you look at pictures of yourself and like them and think <laughs> oh he's a yeah. fine looking chap isn't he <laughs> you know well you might do with your new ken looks <laughs> no you don't do you know you if somebody sticks a camera in your face you yeah. breathe in you turn your head the right direction you yeah. try and make sure there's no hair sticking out your nose you you know you you i i, I try and flatten my eyebrows um, you know, Sanjay Jogia gets his guns out, and that's you know that's, that's San, it. Sanjay has uh, we love so, sorry. San, well, I feel we can say this because we know him. 
Um, uh, uh, and I think it's the sort of thing we'd had a, having a pub conversation with him. Sanjay, why do you always stand like that when you're in it? Because he has a standard... He's a model. St- yeah. a, a standard sort of foot position, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's a very good-looking chap. He is, yeah. I, but I would imagine he does look at his pictures and think, you know, he is a fine-looking chap. But yeah, but he what- dresses well for a start. He never looks like Columbo. <laughs> no. But, you know, one very rarely looks at their own uh, photos of themselves yeah. and think, you know, oh, I really like that. So yeah. you have to you have to think about that and when you're delivering x amount of 100 pictures they're not going to look at all of them of course you want to get beyond that and get beyond um the insecurities i suppose that a lot of people have and and try and make sure that the story comes through and, all, and that's and a very difficult thing to say to a client isn't it that, yeah you know well you know it's it's you not me is effectively what you would be saying yeah no i'm not saying that this is a conversation for a client i'm not saying that uh, you know, this is this is something to have mentally in your mind. But I'm just saying, if you're honest with yourself and you look at pictures of yourself, uh, you know, you have to think, well, if I have that with those thoughts, then probably a lot of other people do, yeah. not everybody. Um, so something to make you feel better. Yeah, but, you know, you, you, you will get, and we both have had situations where people have, you know, said, oh, you know, I wish... I mean, I, I remember two, three years ago, um, client emailed me. She is absolutely gushing over the picture. She absolutely adored them. So brilliant. I mean, we made the best decision ever having you there, etc. Um, it's just a shame that my I don't uh, you know my smile is a bit lopsided. Yeah. And you know, and she and that's a self depreciation thing on of herself yeah. rather than of the pictures. She yeah. loved the pictures, but she still had this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and it's that's that's the world we live in. Um, yeah. If you're shooting candidly. Then you're gonna have to have to deal with that. Mm. Otherwise, shoot portraits and or pets or pets. Yeah, nobody ever says my dog doesn't doesn't look very good in that one. You can never get a bad angle of a dog. Stop going on about dead dogs. <laughs> That's true. I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, there was another question in here, wasn't there? Oh yeah. So uh, as we transition to freedom, any plans for a second post anniversary celebration for the Futurecast? Well, uh, we haven't actually got to freedom yet. No, I think we're both we're both looking, waiting for the twenty first of June to, mm. to happen before we make any kind of thoughts on that. And then uh, we have to see how long we stay in our freedom. <laughs> I think we will. He, you know, he said that you know none of these steps are reversible. So, well, politician, change their mind. Well, that's very no, true. No, Kev, surely yeah. not. That's very very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, one from, well, I'm just going to say Howling Bassett now. Um, insert yada, yada, yada here. Uh, I'm 55 this year, and although fit-ish and healthy, um, there are a few wedding questions this week. We'll have, we'll have the complaints department will be full of the, oh, you're talking about weddings, where well, well, we have gone weeks where we don't at all. Bear with us. Um, I'm beginning to feel very old at weddings. I suppose you could say that in any kind of event, couldn't you? Just insert event here, if you know what I mean. So my question is, when is a good time to retire from wedding photography? (laughs) As As you have to give a couple of years' notice, so to speak, with deposits. Have either of you set an end date? Uh, From Andy. Oh, I'm just going to call you Howling Bassett. Or Dashing Dashund. Pick attached. Oh, look at that Dashund. Look, look. Another dog. Oh, look. Oh, he's gorgeous, isn't he? Sharp eyes, soft nose, perfect way to take a picture. Yeah. 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 Lovely. Look at him. He's just saying, feed I can, me. I, I feed me. No, he's not. He's saying, love, oh, love me. He's not. He's saying, does my fur, does my fur look fat in this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't like that angle. Never use that no, photographer no, again. I've got my tongue sticking out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's quite a good question. Are you going to retire? Well, I have got this romantic notion that I'm going to do a thousand weddings and then stop. 
because I think I might have done it by then. So hey, you've still got, what, 200 to go? No, 100 and something. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I don't knowing know you, that'll be done in six months. <laughs> well, in the old days, in the old, during the war, before the war. Um, yeah, but, but I, I don't know because, you know, I shot an event. It wasn't a wedding, it was a funeral, but I, I shot an event and, and I thought, yeah, I feel very comfortable shooting events. Uh, and I don't mean events like corporate events. I've never felt comfortable. Have you ever done a corporate event where you turn up and there's 100 Johnny Drunkeners? Just, you know. Mm. Take pictures of me, mate. Come over here. I want one with, with my mate, mm. Dave. Mm. And I don't do that. I, don't, I really don't enjoy those kind of events mm. at all. The corporate stuff. No, not for me. I, d- I, don't mean the, um, I don't mean commercial work or corporate job per se. I'm talking, I'm probably talking more party events, um, uh, th- those sort of, Christmas party events that that corporates have, but but wedding where there's a see I think there's a story at a wedding and there's certainly a story at a funeral and I, I wonder if I'd I wonder if I'd miss it, Kev. Yeah, but I think anybody who retires from something they've done for a vast majority of their life will miss it, regardless whether you're a photographer, a fireman, or a policeman, or a pub landlord, whatever. I think that's probably true, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I'm. Well, I suppose we're both of that kind of age now. I definitely feel older at weddings. Oh, without a doubt. You know, yeah. like when the, you know, I could be the grandfather of some of the people getting married now, mm. whereas when I first started, I, I might have, you know, had the chance of being the, the husband. Um, <laughs> Never the son. <laughs> <laughs> Never the son. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, so you do kind of get to that. And you do see a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of young people in the industry and, they, you know, they've got a lot of energy and everything. And that's good. It's good to see. But yeah, I mean, retirement, you know, I it is something that I, you know, not seriously thought about in terms of I'm going to stop at that age. But I have, you know, I have kind of dealt with pen- my pensions and all that kind of stuff to yeah. try and, you know. But then, of course, this f***ing virus come along and labelled me with decades worth of debt. Yeah. So, yeah, no, basically, I won't bother me. won't ever retire now. Thanks. I never really had retirement retirement planned. I can't see myself sitting in a deck chair out there. Oh, I can. Really? Yeah, you can stay in here if you want, but I'll sit out on your lawn in a deck chair. <laughs> With a beer. Yeah. yeah. Bring me another one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I always want to be doing something. I don't, I don't, I think that active mind of... That's what I think is fantastic about photography. That you, I mean, how many photographers you you spoke to David Hearn? Mm-hmm. So, da- David, uh, uh, you know, he's how old is David now? Oh, I don't know. I would, I would not like to say. Well, still photographing. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm still and, photograph. And, and, yeah, but but actually, but not as a job necessarily. Well, oh, they, okay. So Albert Watson, who I talk to on Photography Daily, now he is turning into an octogenarian this year, mm-hmm. and he is still teaching. Does courses. that mean he's got more than two arms? <laughs> that's right um oh have you seen that thing called uh, my octopus teacher <laughs> let me come back to that in a moment but but he's in he's still photographing commercially obviously the pandemic has had an effect so he couldn't be doing as much stuff as he wanted to do yeah but um still work i think that's the wonderful that's the wonderful thing about this this job that we have um, is that we can keep and, and as the when I there's there's two things that are happening around the world that are quite interesting. If you think, well, I'm never going to have clients because they're all going to be too young, but no, um, Japan and, and America at the moment have a, an aging crisis, don't they? Where, they do. Where I think in Japan in particular, a third 
um, as only a third of the population are of a no a third of the population are retired now a third yeah a third and they're not meeting people they're not um, their social skills and mm. life are, are pretty struggling there because they spend a lot of time playing tagamochi and stuff like that in their flats and not actually right? getting out yeah oh, yeah it's a real problem in, in problem. Japan yeah my octopus teacher you have to watch it by the way it's a fan- fantastic show I can't remember if it's Amazon or Netflix. But this is wonderful, gentle, um, and the photography in it, the cinematography in it is, is beautiful. And I think most of it is shot by this chap's son, who uh, was a filmmaker. And he got really wrapped up in his very good filmmaking, in his filmmaking, and um, just it all got to him. And he, he lives in South Africa on the Cape. And each morning he started going swimming in this kelp forest. And he was gradually finding that the cold water and everything, it would take him a while to get used to it. But then he found like, he, and it was free diving. Mm. Uh, it's not very, very deep. So we're not talking about great white area. No, no, no. We're talking, the kelp forest is quite yeah. a protected area. Uh, and then one day, one day, he comes across this pile of, uh, pile of shells. He's thinking, <laughs> who has been down here and created a pile of shells? What's that about? Like it was an art installation. Yeah. And it was this octopus. And it had camouflaged itself and built around itself um, this pile of shells. And the reason for the pile of shells becomes very obvious later on in the film. And I'll not spoil it because it's a really beautiful moment. And he he actually had... Oh, I'm, I'm finding myself emotional talking about it because there was a bit in the film where I thought, oh, my God. He, he actually forms a, re- a bond and a relationship with this octopus. Uh, and one day um, he gets very close to the octopus and he drops his, I, I think he drops a lens or something on the, it's something to do with the camera. And the octopus goes away and he thinks, I'm never going to see it again. But after about two weeks of searching, he finally finds her and they form this beautiful bond. And uh, it's a, just a magnificent film. Hmm. The octopus only lives a year. Hmm. That's that's the lifespan of an octopus. So you kind of know what's going to happen right from the outset. But the story, wow, is probably one of the best. My octopus teacher, one of the best things I've seen on television in a long, long, long while. And he's such a wonderful, generous, kind-natured man. I will look for that. I seen an octopus once when swimming. In me and Gemma, when we were first caught in, we went to the south of France on holiday right. before kids and yeah. stuff. And we were swimming. We were snorkeling. And, uh, Careful. And then, uh, yeah, just snorkeling. And <laughs> um, and we were swimming over, it, actually where we were, a place called Cap Ferrat, really nice snorkeling and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, Gemma was in front of me, she kicked me in the, in the face full on with a flipper mm. and just disappeared, like splashed and just run away kind of thing. Did she ink? And I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, bloody hell, it must be a shark or something. Oh. So I panicked as well. <laughs> And uh, and then I saw these kind of tentacles yeah. like reaching up at us, and then uh, and that was it. That was our only encounter with an octopus. It wasn't quite but as romantic. To say hello, probably. Well, Gemma had just kicked me in the face with a heel. Yeah. So I was heel. What's he doing wearing heels in the <laughs> <laughs> in the water? Oh, yeah. It's a very strange decision. There's some beaches in Cap Ferrata <laughs> like that. I tell you. <laughs> uh, right. Um, I think um, I, I, I don't think we've got time for another question. Let's let's go into let's go into a man that found himself in much the same way minus the octopus um steve ford steve actually is a long-time supporter of this show isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. nice guy um yeah. kiwi oh is he a kiwi yeah oh well no, what did he go to i think maybe ah. he might be british by birth and then but kiwi by kiwiness <laughs> <laughs> well here's the story steve ford 
Now, tell me, before we, we get to your story, where are you physically in the world right now? <laughs> I'm physically in the world. We're in um, a small town called Retford in North Nottinghamshire in the sunny UK. All right. Okay. So you're in Nottinghamshire at the moment. Now let's go back to, ooh, what was it, five years ago? Um, yeah. You, you basically had some kind of epiphany. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we'll leave it up to you to tell us the rest. Sure. Um, so yeah, 2015, uh, my partner and I, Julie, uh, decided to set out on a little adventure. And uh, my youngest daughter had gone off to university so we decided to sell absolutely everything we own, uh, downsized to three small filing boxes, of which uh, one of those was probably crammed full of photos. Um, flicked off my Canon system, my 6D plus a, a whole heap of lenses, and uh, bought myself a nice little X100F, uh, sorry, X100S. Um, found this little book online on how to use it by some guy called Kevin Mullins, who I'd never heard of before. And uh, we set off uh, with the view of traveling probably for about 18 months. Um, Julie had created this almighty spreadsheet of list of countries that we wanted to visit, the cost of going there, how long we could spend there, et cetera, et cetera. And so we started off on our little adventure. We started firstly in Chile, and then we did a whole chunk of um, South America. Uh, came up to North America, had an absolutely cracking time at uh, Burning Man. I spent a week in the desert at Burning uh, Man with about 70,000 other people. I'd Compl love to go to Burning Man. That's one of my ambitions in life, yeah. Burning Man. Yeah. Just completely out of the comfort zone. Absolutely, you know, way out there. But it was just incredible. Met some fantastic people. Um, and along the way, we sort of hit upon this whole concept of house-sitting, and so we're both great lovers of animals. And uh, we found this, uh, this house-sitting thing enabled us to go, well, we can actually move to a country or travel to a country and stay there for a chunk of time and keep our expenses down to an absolute minimum. Um, and so that's what we started doing as well as we were traveling. So um, our first probably big house-sit was for three months just outside Portland uh, in Oregon over Christmas and winter, completely snowed in, um, had uh, an out a dog that wanted to be an outdoor dog and two cats that wanted to be indoor cats and absolutely had a ball, an absolute So, so uh, how does that work? Time. So you basically, uh, presumably you don't get paid, but you're doing them a favour and they're doing you a favour. Yes, kind of. There, there, are, there are some people out there that do, actually do do it for payment only. Uh, we made a decision that uh, we were getting something out of it, as in free accommodation and the occasional dog and cat hug. Um, and what they were getting, uh, what they do get, is um, somebody to come in and look after their home and their pets while they're away. Um, means things like dogs, for instance, get to stay in their own environment. Uh, they're not having to go into kennels. Um, and 90% you know, of animals are a lot happier and safer being in the home environment. Uh, it's a sort of trust-based system. You build up reviews and, uh, and references and all that kind of stuff. And I would say that over the five years now, we've probably done the best part of 30 to 40 house sets. Um, we've, uh, even though we're not big cat fans, we've looked after 22 cats at one sit in Italy, and we've actually done that one four times now. Now, thankfully- what, 22 cats in one house? 
thankfully 19 of those 22 cats are outdoor feral cats. All you're doing is feeding them in the morning and the afternoon, just leaving them to their own devices. Um, but it's but it's um, the house is just wonderful. It's about an hour and a half away from Florence. It's a couple of hours away to, from Rome on the train, and you know you're actually part of a community as well. You're actually living a little bit like a local. So you know, de- down to the markets every weekend, pick up the bread, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so yeah, it's enabled us to keep on, tra- or had enabled us to keep on traveling. Um, by making the little bit of money we had set aside to do this gig actually goes so much further and it's been you know we've just had um had so much fun and met so many amazing people along the way um yeah so what what happened uh so you got rid of the the canon system and you and you, you you packed up your bags and you know you've just got your x100s which you could probably put in your front jeans pocket do you did that stay with you for the whole five years did did you did you upgrade or did you get anything else or did 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 you find that you were having um, regrets about ditching the bigger system on your travels or anything like that? No. Um, so what I did do um, is look at the weight of the Canon plus two or three lenses. And bearing in mind, we are, we, we're literally just traveling. We, we are middle-aged backpackers. Um, we're literally just traveling with uh, about a 15 kg backpack. Now that Canon system was going to take up about 25% of my actual backpack weight. And it was just like, no, you can't do it. Absolutely can't do it. So no, it was, it was, it was down to the, the 100S. Now that first one lasted uh, best part of four years. Um, a heck of, a, heck of a lot of the salt and dust and dirt and grime and sand and you name it. So uh, the last time we went back to NZ, I actually managed to flick it off as the, as the world's most traveled X100S. <laughs> I and, love how you refer uh, to selling things as <laughs> flicking off. <laughs> and then um, upgraded to the X100F. Now, that was going great guns until the X100F, along with the tripod it was sitting on, decided to take a nosedive off the cliff in Ireland and went straight to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Unlike you rescuing yours from the swimming pool, I decided it was probably a step too far to dive in and grab it. So uh, that went, so I ended up buying another one. And then this year I've just bought the um, 100V, which I'm loving to bits. I absolutely love it. Okay, now here's, here's a bit of a, a, a kind of curveball question. If you were, do you think if you had the X100V five years ago when you started on your travels, when you first set foot in Chile, um, would you have got stuff that you um, perhaps didn't get with the S? Um, that's a really good question, Kevin. I think possibly more video work than than what we actually did. I, you, we both had um, smartphones, so we use those generally for video, but I probably would have used the video capabilities of the V more than I did do. But I think generally I'm sort of I would have used it in pretty much the same way it, it's you know, I, I love street photography I love just hanging out in, in, in a community and um, just grabbing moments um, so yeah yeah possibly more video out of the out, out of the 100v yeah yeah I think there's something to be said for you know hindsight and stuff like that and you're right about the video but you know, there's you, you become accustomed to a camera, don't you? And if you've had it for four or five years and, and you've been using it every single day as you will have done, mm-hmm. then actually, you know, there's there's that 
that affection for the the camera itself is there as well. I think. Uh, uh, I I I'd, I'd go far to say that um, it's almost the 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 X whatever it is, one hundred. Then mm. Julie, and then my daughters, and then yeah, it's <laughs> then oh, I just I just love the styling and the retro look <laughs> and the, the of the of the X one hundreds. They're just such beautiful looking cameras. They really are. <laughs> well, I, I actually yeah. think the X one hundred S was uh, well the X the original X one hundred. I really really loved the retro look, and then they kind of refined it a little bit for the X one hundred S. And I, I feel like with the X one hundred V, the latest one. They've given it a bit more sharp edges and, and stuff, so I don't think it has the same, quite the same retro look about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that it's, one. It's a little bit, bit more that, modern. Of course, they have that thing, that flippy out screen thing, but you know, <laughs> either. but it's it's a great travel. It's a wonderful travel camera, regardless of which uh, which which uh, version you have in your pocket. It's um, I yeah, I couldn't recommend it any more to anybody to you know, to grab one of these. So you're you're traveling around the world. You're um, some points you're in uh, Burning Man. Other times you're in a vineyard in Italy. Sometimes you're in India. You're in Thailand. You must be in different states of um, technology in terms of accommodation. How are you doing? How's your workflow working out? Have you just got a laptop that you you try and plug into the nearest thing possible? What about batteries and and memory cards? How how did that all come together? Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, there's certain things, you know, for instance, we've, we, we've done a couple of Caminos now and um, certainly on the first Camino, all I did was take the phone with me and uh, just backed up the phone whenever we had reasonably good 3G coverage. Um, I use a, use a MacBook um, and then whenever I can, I, I throw it up to Dropbox. So I, uh, I, I've had probably one hard drive disaster in those five years, um, which cost me a bit of an arm and a leg to re- recover about 90% of the data. But generally it's, um, you know, onto, onto, onto the extreme and then into Dropbox. And then as soon as I can, I will obviously uh, back it up to Dropbox as quickly as possible uh, from that perspective. Um, I've got to say that most is, is tempting fate, but we've really not had any technical issues with the kit at all um it's just you know things like dust and grime getting into the cameras and making things like the on off button a little sticky yeah but yeah you know, other than that and 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 what about um kind of culling and things like that you've been really super <laughs> uh, super vicious with it <laughs> culling what's culling um yeah, he says I've just literally just taken a uh, delivery about two seconds before you before we caught up with each other, Kevin, of a five terabyte drive from uh, uh, the, the the ruggedized Lassay drive. It, it's um, it's a job to do during a quiet moment, and of course we've had lots of quiet moments of late. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's a heap more culling to be done. I'm 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 a bit of a bugger at not deleting images. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's yeah. true of everybody. But I, I would imagine if I was on a five-year trip with just one camera, I'd be very good at deleting images. <laughs> Probably I'd delete the ones I shouldn't be deleting. It says here, you uh, or you told me that you, you learned to ride a motorbike uh, from a fellow that looked like Tom Jones in the middle of Laos. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. So um, there's a, there's, so we had come out of Thailand and gone into Laos and um, we're making our way through the country and uh, Julie found uh, this guy called Uncle Tom uh, and, and he literally is in the, in the back end of, of nowhere in Laos 
and uh, you rock up to his place and he guarantees to teach you to ride a motorbike and take you off for a bit of a trawl. So um, whilst we've been in Thailand, I'd done most of the scooter riding myself and, and with, with Julie passaging. So I had a bit of balance and so I coordination of gears and all the rest of it was, uh, was, was new to me. Uh, but yeah, he takes you around his garden. Um, he, his, his name is Steve, but he goes by uh, Uncle Tom. He is the spitting image of Tom Jones. He has got an encyclopedia of dad jokes. So Julie was wearing a helmet with a, a speaker and a microphone connected, and he was guiding her and, and giving her advice uh, in between dad jokes. And after a couple of hours, I said, right, let's go. And then the next minute, we were on the back roads uh, of the villages through Laos for about uh, four or five hours. Um, stayed overnight uh, and then made a route back again, uh, you know, big circular route back, um, visiting a couple of markets that were selling everything and anything that was dead, snakes, rats, you name it, uh, as food, um, and just had an absolute ball. It's, it, again, just one of those things that out of your comfort zone, just a, a memory to last forever. Yeah. Well, it sounds incredible. I mean, all of these different different things. I, I, one of the questions I usually ask people is, uh, what would you say to an 18-year-old Steve? But I'm not sure you, you would have said anything <laughs> other than, than do what you did, really. Uh, I mean, I will ask you that. What would you say to an 18-year-old Steve? Um, well, an 18-year-old Steve was traveling the world because I was in the Royal Navy at that stage. And so I went straight into the Royal Navy from school. Um, just a quick aside, and I will come back to that question, Kevin. Um, I don't know if any of you or any of your uh, Fujicast brethren have come across a uh, term called dentology. Now, what used to happen was the helicopter on the bottom back of the ship would go up, take some photo. We, we spot a Russian uh, destroyer or frigate. Helicopter would go up and take some photos of that and bring those images back. And part of my job as a ship's photographer was to look at those images and try and identify dents and scratches that were consistent with other similar boats. Now, what the Russians would do, let's say um, Minsk-class destroyer, they'd say they'd have 30, but they'd actually only have 10. And they would send a boat out with a particular name and a number bring it back into port, repaint the name, repaint the number, and send it back out again. Mm. And the way to identify them was through the dents and the scratches on the hull and on the side of the boat. So That's proper um, sneaky, isn't it? Proper sneaky. Dentology. <laughs> first, yeah. 18-year-old, um, I think what Steve would tell his 50-year-old was just go and do it. Life is just far too short. Um, go and have some fun. Um, you know, go and experience life, uh, go and see other other cultures, other communities, um, because it, for us, has made us think so, so differently about what we want out of the rest of our lives, uh, what we want to do to help and give back to others. It's, um, yeah, just go with it. You know, there's always commitments. There's always a reason why we can't do things. Mm -hmm. I guess look for the reasons why you can do things. Our friend of the show, Steve Ford, thank you. We'll talk in a moment about how you can be on the show with your story this summer. We, we haven't been able to get out there and meet you for over a year now, so we thought this would be the best reply to a pandemic that's allowed us to, to meet on the show instead. More in a moment. Interview-wise, if you'd like to meet photographers from all over the world in all sorts of guises, then after this, and only after this second part... Jump across to my podcast, 
Photography Daily, where on Mondays and Wednesdays I talk to guests all over the world about what they feel and how they do photography. And on Fridays we go for a photo walk. Just take our cameras and mailbag and chat with some inspirational quotes in between from over 100 guests. Today, it's uh, our business-leading episode on a Monday where I talk with Barry Butler out of Chicago. Every morning he takes pictures uh, of a sunrise and then every evening a sunset. It's a career that happened by a literal bad accident, a career that could happen to any one of us, and he has some very wise words to impart on the episode. I shoot for me. So if someone likes it, and it doesn't matter if it's the, the photography in Ireland or Iceland or Yosemite or Chicago, if someone likes it, hey, I, I, I feel blessed. Last year, he shipped 8,000 signed books, and I can't wait to play you his story. Then Wednesday, Charlie Phillips, who Time Out magazine described as the greatest London photographer you never heard of. Why did it take so long for one of Britain's greatest photographers to get his due, the Guardian asked. He made pictures in the capital of an Afro-Caribbean community that are important documentary pieces and papped his way, and I'll use that term advisedly, through Italy. And he tells us his story. So I was about 13, 14 at the time, and I used to do a paper round. And the one day I popped into, I think it's a Boots chemist or Timothy, Timothy something chemist, and bought a Johnson's book for three and six, do-it-yourself photography. And Charlie takes us through a darker part of his creative story too. Biggest mistake, coming back to England. Well, when I came back, you know, I showed my work around, people used to say, did you really take that? And they, they used to fob me off, and I couldn't get one assignment. And the last straw was, I was with Hendrix um, at Isle of Wight Festival, and I had some backstage photographs with them, and I took them around and said, did you really take that? And I thought, I must have found them anything. You know? So when nobody wanted them, I'd get demoralised and um, went on to wash dishes and work in a restaurant. Charlie Phillips Wednesday and Barry Butler today, only on the Photography Daily podcast. Subscribe to hear stories of life told by photographers. Right to you. We would like more of your stories for this podcast here now. And if, if you would like to be a friend of the show sharing your story, let us know. Something that's uh, the story led, please. And we've got some great emails coming in on that front, haven't we, Kev? Yeah, we've got, we've got, uh, I'm going to get in touch with everybody who's messaged to, yeah. to you know, to, to, to tee up a time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Steve. Yeah, nice guy. Mm. He's, uh, he's on our workshop, by the way. Oh, that is we, he? we forget to mention all the time. Well, should we mention it now then? Yeah. Right, that was a good one. The it? workshop is coming up. What date is it? I can't. <laughs> Kev, we are the worst self-publicists. <laughs> it's in July. It's Hang on, in, I'll isn't tell it you the twenty-third? I'll tell you. No, July. Hold on, May, June, July, May. My diary says empty. June, empty. <laughs> empty. July starts getting a bit better. Yeah. Uh, it's the twentieth. Twentieth. I knew that in Amersham. I knew yes. that in Amersham. Ken and Barbie's great day out, <laughs> Amersham. <laughs> Go to the website if you want to come along. Yeah, well, <laughs> we should say what we're going to be doing. So it is a, it is a documentary day. Yeah. For a lot of people, it will be the, uh, like a day release, won't it? <laughs> After <laughs> so. all this period. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be talking about sound, as you would imagine. Yeah. And photo films and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're, you're going to be... Pictures mm. and storytelling and... Uh, sell it, Kev, sell it. Storytelling, yes. <laughs> come along. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Please. Mark Dell has written in. He says, you mentioned the XF10 wasn't very good at high ISO. Sorry to correct you, but this photo shows it is. It's shot at ISO 
12.50. Regards, Mark. Oh, I sent us a... Lots of dog pictures this week, oh, which know. wasn't planned, by the way, but, from our uh, initial mention <laughs> on how we started the show today. Well, that's indie, isn't it? Because we that know his dog's indie. Um, look at the detail in this, though. Look, yeah, look yeah, all yeah. the little bits of hair and fur and yep. in, indie showing the kind of like a bit of indifference. Oh, you're not taking a picture again, are you, Dad? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. No, you're right, Mark. I mean, 12, 12.50 ISO is good. But my yeah. point being, it's not as capable as some of the other cameras. Like, if you uh, if you took a picture at 12,800 on the the xf10 and yeah. compared that to the x100 uh there would be no compromise uh no comparison even no comparison, yeah. yeah but yeah no great picture uh great camera as well right your question okay i've got one from rob smith uh, he says morning gents from yatton kennel uh yatton kennel is near me i think um right. sounds like it should be near me anyway everything's named weird around me um <laughs> we've got crudwell broken bra that's where our stables crudwell. are crudwell, crudwell yeah crudwell's very posh is it broken bra it sound like the sort of place that should be we've got dangly dingle you dangly you dingle dell dangly dingly no dangly dingle that's something in a noel edmund show <laughs> dangly dingle dingly, dingly something is real uh anyway yat and kennel like a condition like if you got if you got dingly dell yeah i have i'm trying to get, I'm shake it off but it just won't move that's where we take the horse then dangly dingle dell is it yeah right. um along the fossway to dangly dingly dell <laughs> uh, anyway uh, I'll digress I moved to Fuji about 7 years ago with the X100T absolutely loved this camera um, brackets with the great help of Kev's book yes, yes. my book uh, instead of lugging a Canon DSLR around call me crazy recently sold all my Canon gear and lenses and also put my X100T and bought a X-T3 with a kit zoom plus various primes mm. I seem to be living with a 23mm prime mm. in the camera and not taking it out as much as the more bulk, or as, because it's more bulky than the X100. Contemplating exchanging the XT3 and lenses and going back to the X100V as I miss the pocketability. I like that word. Po- pocketability. Pocketability. Yeah. Uh, of the X100. Well, am it I, is. Am I it's, mad? A, it's a very good phrase, actually. Have either of you made similar mistakes in the past? Well, of swapping gear around too much. Well, I suppose that the story here is he had an X100, mm. he got rid of it, got mm. an XT3, the 23mm, mm. realised that actually the X100 was, was, he was using it more often, so he's, he's thinking about getting rid of the XT3 and going back to the X100. Well, the X100 is an interesting one because I don't have one at the moment, but uh, a couple of nights ago I was going through folders, editing family stuff and, and a load of travel stuff. Um, and some work stuff, and I thought, oh, these are all X100 charts. I'd forgotten I had these. Uh, and I thought, oh, why did I get rid of the X100? So I'm going back to one. Well, that's why I thought you. I knew that you you'd got one before and were were thinking yeah. about having. Another I regret. One. I don't know why I sold it. And I, I'm having a, re- a regretful moment. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not. A, it's not. I've not been through that process because I've never got rid of any of my you, X100s. You, you own all of them, don't you? Yeah, Still, all. even even the original one. Even the original yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a common thing. It is a common thing because people. I often get asked, you know, why would you have an X100 when you can have an X... You know, why do you why do you use an X100 at a wedding when you've got an X-Pro3 or an X-T3 yeah. or whatever yeah. with a 23mm lens? Um, and, you know, and, and, and the actual answer is because it's much more fun using the X100. It's, yeah. it's lighter, it's quicker, it's faster, it's more pocketability. It's great. And, well, the, and, uh, and the 100V is a game changer yeah. to use professionally, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the F was good, but the V... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the XT range has its place for sure. Um, you know, it definitely does. But, you know, don't... Don't if you think that the X100, it's the portability that is is the thing that you you are missing. Then that's the problem. So yeah, mm. get rid of the XT3, get your X100V back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this one is from James Souls. Evening, gents. Hope uh, evening. Hope you and the families are well. I wanted to ask a non-photography question. 
uh, more of one about email actually occasionally i'm told that emails have uh, this is definitely this is this is going to be one for you kev i'm told that emails i've sent to customers have ended up automatically in their junk folders are there any actions i can take to mitigate the chances of that happening for example a customer i spoke to today had received my contract via adobe sign the invoice via zoho books but the email i sent containing all the cover details for my business email account nope got junked any advice welcome yeah i mean this this can be a problem there are there are technical things you can go through you can um uh, with the, the kind of mx records and stuff like that that the the host of wherever your email is being hosted it should yeah. be doing all of that stuff however at the end of the day um it gets dark it, it does get dark and then in the morning it gets light again the is this cliche if you um if you are using your email the more you use your email address for yeah. things like online directories um you know uh, newsletter sign all of that kind of stuff the more chance you have of your email being uh, flagged as potential but that's spam. terrible because you want to you want people to uh, subscribe to newsletters and stuff like but, that yes correct however um now i'm not saying james would have done this but i know like i know no, but if that happens that's not great is it no, no no but i know that lots of people in the past um would you know they would sign up for from an SEO point of view, would sign up for absolutely everything mm. with the hope of a link back and all that uh, kind of stuff. Right. And that that's a sure way to get your email address blacklisted. However, you can use, there is a tool called MX Tools, which I use, um, to do a um, blacklist check on your email address. Right. MX, so just pop into Google MX Tools, you'll find it, um, all one word. And what it will do is it'll tell you the um, uh, the the, the, the the trust level of your email address oh. uh, and if you have it monitoring it it will send you an email every week it will say you, you know your trust level is 100% that's what you need it to be 100% mm. if it's anything less than 100% you will be losing emails to junk folders mm. um, so yeah just look after your email address look after the, the domain name look after the um, what you do with your email address that's critical mm. um, you know I, I, I remember you know lots of people speaking to me about uh, you know using their email addresses and things like that on for like yell.com and all you know basically doing all this kind of stuff to try and get their website to rank higher but actually they were kicking themselves that, in the, the knackers that's the website address that's not the email address well, no, your email address is put in there as well isn't it sometimes yeah. so um and 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 you know again I, I probably james isn't doing any of this stuff but some people will have been submitting their email addresses to things in the hope of getting yeah. some stuff from it when those email addresses will then be sold off um you know it's it's, yeah. it's, it's so pretty brutal out there so say you use this what was it called again M- mx mx tools mx tools say say you use this mx tools and you find yourself at i don't know arbitrary number 82 percent mm-hmm. what can you do about it well you can speak to your uh whoever's hosting your email get them to um the the, the, the technicality of it, it's called a dmark check mm. d-m-a-r-c um, so they they would need to be making sure that the DMARC is correct, and you can um, then uh, so they have certain domain certain servers like one of them is called Spamhost mm. um, that monitors this stuff. And if you're blacklisted on there, which MX Tools will tell you, then you can you can say to Spamhost, look, I'm not honestly, mm. please take me off there. So you can do things like that. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to use MX Tools to to tell you in the first instance. Yeah. It will also tell you which domain or which servers you're blacklisted on um and it will give you advice on, on what to do this, this might sound like a daft question but if for any reason you've ever spammed something by mis- or, or put it into a spam or junk folder when you didn't mean mean to can and um, can that sometimes feed back into the system yep yeah 
So when you when you occasionally spam something, you've got to be very careful about that, haven't you? Because I nearly junked a, uh, an email address, but but of course it was at g- gmail.com, and I was thinking, oh, don't do that, because mm-hmm. then I'll get none of the gmail.com stuff come through. Yeah, I mean, these days, this is what the DMARC checking is all about. The, the, these days it is pretty good. You know, you do... Mm you do need to be a little bit careful but it's 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 a lot better than it used to be but yeah i mean you know the first thing to do is is check uh, mx toolbox i just put your domain name in there (laughs) my one or his one your one oh no what's mine say uh we notice you are on a blacklist am i <laughs> only one though all right out of about 100 so that's fine um right. well you said anything less than 100 i'm in trouble no uh 100 points so this is your domain name rather than your email address all oh, right um okay. let me let me do your email well, don't like, no don't do that <laughs> uh, uh, i well I'll, I'll do mine right so kevin at kevin Mullins talk for you yeah. I bet, but yours is gonna be 100 percent swat isn't it hey well it should be yeah um what does it say? Hundred, yeah, hundred. That's, that's fine. But then, I, in fairness, I use um, I, my email is hosted by Microsoft. I use Microsoft Exchange hosted with them, right? So it's not a, a third party hosting. So they, right. they, in terms of the, uh, you know, all of the technicalities of everything, it's fine. But but at the end of the day, if I if I abuse my email address, yeah, then I would still be suffering the same things. Yeah. So yeah, just be careful. Um, and of course, if somebody does flag your email as spam in there. And it all feeds back in. It all goes back in. Oh. Enough of them. Oh. And you, and you have to change your email address. Oh, God. Happy days. Should we talk about dogs again? <laughs> right, book of the week. Okay, so book of the week this week is Orchard Beach, the Bronx yeah. Riviera. The, by, bo- the Bronx Riviera. By Wayne Lawrence. Um, so I'm going to read the blurb, right? So it says, Orchard Beach might not be the most elegant place to sunbathe, but if you live in the Bronx, it's the closest place to swim, relax on the sand, and escape the city's oppressive summer heat. Drawn to the public beach for its less-than-glamorous reputation, photographer Wayne Lawrence felt a connection to the community as soon as he began snapping pictures. Ooh, why would they use the word snapping? Uh, anyway, his glamorous you, you pictures... You come out in hives with that word, snapping. don't you? Snapping. No. Yeah, crocodile snap. <laughs> Photographers take pictures. Uh, his glamorous <laughs> pictures of proud men and women, uh, loving couples and families at play, challenge stereotypes associated with working-class people by focusing on the universal themes such as the ties that bind the cultural pride... Whether Anglo, African, American or Latino, statuesque or stout, young or old, um, each individual is treated with dignity and sensitivity. Lawrence's subjects are a community standing in defence of popular opinion, proud to call Orchard Beach their own. Uh, It's a really interesting book. It reminds me quite a bit of... um, Par-esque, isn't it? There is an element of par in there, yeah, but there's also an element of uh, Bruce Gilding. Ah, yes. For sure. Um, Very kind of detailed portraits. But essentially, it, it is portraits of the people on this beach now mm. you and i don't know orchard beach we no, don't know no, what, no, what no. it's like but Never it, been there. the the subjects in the pictures do you know imply that it's possibly not the most affluent area um it's definitely their playground yeah but the pictures are amazing you know it's, there's black and white colors as well but yeah. it's they're all they're portraits yes but they are people real people you know, and they're well considered portraits. You know, mm. they're well executed, and you're seeing a real diversity of people here. So we've got what we got here: Calvin and Destiny, 2008, a nice, beautiful black and white. Uh, and he's using flash on these as well, which but very, very well balanced. Looks lovely. That's probably why you thought of the Gildan thing, because because that yeah. that sort of this sort of stark, yeah, approach is um, very Gildan esque. There is a lot. You be prepared for a lot of. Um, bikinis um but then you've got you know you've got a lot of these guys especially the guys that are um you know very very well built 
muscular uh, ripped a bit like us yeah just that that guy reminds me a lot like me actually um <laughs> freddie his name is 2011 this picture was taken yeah. uh, he's got tattoos muscles yeah. uh he's not smiling that's why he reminds me of me <laughs> and then oh, it was a really lovely picture again there's no pages but there's a beautiful picture of this woman holding a little baby sat on the, the it, balcony they all look very happy to have their portrait it, it, it seems like the 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 photographer is is managing um to he's getting a good connection with them yeah he is definitely because you can see it in them you know i think that would have been a challenge for some of these people do you you know some of these especially the guys don't look like the kind of person you're going to wander up to and say excuse me mate can i take a picture of you um but maybe you know he he lives in that community so perhaps he you know it's a bit easier for him i would certainly find that a bit of a challenge but he's done it so so well you know extraordinary book yeah and and it's it's port- there's no documentary about this but every picture even though it's a portrait tells a story you know every face has a story is it just name name and then picture correct there's, there's no yeah. right there's yeah. some acknowledgements at the back yeah. um and, even you know, that's, that's not a heavy piece of text that's is it? it it's all photos now i tell you where i got this book i didn't get it from amazon i got this from abe no i got this from world's end bookshop in chelsea oh it was 50 pence no yeah 50 pence and I, I know that because when I picked it up this morning, it still had the sticker on the back. I took wow. it off now. Yeah, fifty pence. But it's uh, yeah, it's so this isn't a, a you know high worth book. It's it's one that you'll find very easily to to get hold of. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love it. It's it's just. I'm looking at these photographs. It's reminding me of the project I did at Daytona Beach. The mm. people at Daytona Beach, and I, I did. I mean, I I dug deep that day to walk along the beach and ask people if I could make their photographs. Mm. And I I can't remember many, if any body saying no uh, people said well yeah okay yeah and i thought actually that what was that an american thing because i'm i'm sure if i walked along the beach at newquay you'd probably get no thank you no not today no whereas there they they were very happy and but yeah yeah i mean these pictures are these are just your regular old people on a beach you, they're not supermodels some of them you know look like they could be but most of them don't yeah and but the pic the, the actual execution of them is excellent mm. the flash work and the balance in it with the which what would be quite harsh sunlight i would assume yeah. um very you know considering the, the very little that some of these people are wearing i'm assuming the weather's quite hot yeah. um but yeah i mean the black oh look at that one the black and white's fantastic joe quinn yeah. that's amazing that black and white and the light deep beautiful contrasty yeah, yeah. love it it's a really 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 good book fantastic like do you often do that when you go into a bookshop you you look for the bargain bin see if you can go and find something with you think, oh there's a bit of a gem uh yeah so 50p i i do i i love going up to ross on white hey on white the bookstores up there i love going and having a dig yeah. around there but, the, but i remember the um world's end bookshop in uh it's at the end of the king's road um in chelsea yeah um and yeah it, it's a it's actually quite a specialist bookshop but it's it's and it's quite pricey some mm. of the stuff that's in there but they do occasionally have stuff that's you know just just there and it was fantastic i don't even think it was necessarily a bargain bin or it was just might have been mispriced i don't know but it was 50 pence <laughs> or you or, or does uh, do you walk around with stickers with 50p on yeah. <laughs> just stick that one on there that's right yeah yeah, first, yeah, yeah. first edition um <laughs> 50p yeah and then I, and then i sign it by the author yeah all <laughs> uh, right um so questions then back to questions andrew tate hello guys just wondering if you could give me your opinions on a dilemma i'm having oh we're good with dilemmas 
My interest in photography. I used to know a bloke at the rugby club called, called Dilemma. Dilemma. <laughs> oh God, Kev. Yeah, and a fella uh, used to sit next to me, me at the rugby. Is he was... called Di- Dilemma as well? No, he was Dibenture. <laughs> oh no. My interest in photography is mainly to document my family life with my wife and young son, my travels, days out, and things that pique my interest whilst walking the dog when I bother to take the camera. Generally, my photos are for my own consumption, not a big sharing person on social media, and uh, neither am I looking to make a career out of it. Anyway, I've got a Fujifilm X-T3 with the 1855 kit lens. Good lens, 1855. I use that a lot of the time for filming. And also the 35mm 1.4. I purchased the X-T3 and kit lens, brand new for 800 squid from the Curry's discount store on eBay last year. Bargain, couldn't pass it up. I already had an X-T20 with the XC16-50, which I promptly sold for 450 I love the X-T3 and both lenses are fab. However, I find it's a tad bulky to be carrying around with me all the time. So here's what I'm thinking. I can get a decent trading price for my kit against the used X100V from mpb.com. That's the same question as the last one. Mm. It's not the same question, but well, it's, the same, it's the same theory. Yeah, almost a straight swap. Um, I've read and watched many a glowing review of the X100V. It's X100V week and dog week and wedding week, it seems. <laughs> and it seems it's ideal for my style of photogging. Basically, uh, I know what I'll be getting in terms of image quality and performance on the cameras. It uses much the same internals as the X-T3. My dilemma then. I do have a touch of FOMO. Uh, would I be giving up this fantastic professional-grade camera with interchangeable lenses for a smaller, more portable, but equally fantastic fixed-lens camera? Now, I know we talked about the fact that it was tw- if you had a 23 on it, mm-hmm. if you're doing eggs for eggs, mm-hmm. um, and it was the fun thing that you saw about the, mm-hmm. the X100V, wasn't it? But, mm-hmm. but, 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 um, there, is, there is, of course, an advantage to having interchangeable lenses. So if you were offered, I don't think we... we did this just a moment ago. If you if you can have an X Pro three or an X one hundred V, which would you choose, Kev? X one hundred V every time. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I could do all of my work with an X one hundred V, but yeah. but I um, that's my personal. You know, I love that field of view. Mm. Um, I I would happily. I mean, I need like generally you know, for weddings and stuff. I need an interchangeable lens camera. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. But if I had to absolutely only have one. Uh, if somebody said to me, right, you can only have one camera, one lens Desert for Island. the next year Desert Island camera. to do all of your work on, right. I would go for the X100V right. rather than an X-Pro3 or an X-T3 or 4 yeah. with a 23mm lens. Yeah, Never have a dust problem, would you? Never have a dust problem. I'd have the little vanity ring on the front that, that you know, screws, screws, the, screws the wrong way. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> So yeah, X one hundred V, and, and uh, this idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah, um, it's a new phrase over the last couple of years, wasn't it? Nobody had FOMO before. We've got FOMO now. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, you, you know, you answered your question, your own question, um, Andrew. You're not a professional. It's for your own family stuff. Make it as enjoyable as possible. Yes. Don't give yourself que- uh, don't give yourself options. The more options you've got, the more complicated it gets. I think you've essentially done what he just said in this last sentence here. In short, with uh, would either of you do? Uh, what would either of you do given this situation? He said, "Don't worry, I'll not be offended if you were to tell me to man up and get out there with a camera I already have." Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Well done. Yours. This is Jeff. Uh, Jeff Petrie says, "I haven't photographed a wedding in years, same as us, and I'm slowly <laughs> yeah. making my way back into the business. It's a level playing field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our customers still wanting albums. Uh, which oh. album companies are you using?" Yes. Um, that's the question. Well, this could do for portraits as well, couldn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, this yeah. is across yeah. the board. And actually for funerals too, because I'm doing an album for the funeral that um, I photographed. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sadly, I have to say that the company I've been with for years and years. Well, there's two companies I use. One of them's the same as you for Jorgensen, so, so Southwest Photo Mounts mm-hmm. for them. Uh, although I haven't used them for a year and a half, or, 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 or well, really haven't. No. Um, um, and then GF Smith, who do the lay flat books that I use. Mm-hmm. I really love GF Smith for all sorts of reasons. Um, they, as a, as a company, they've been there well over 100, 100 and squiggly gob years or whatever it is as a paper merchant and paper not paper mill but a paper merchants mm-hmm. and then and then there's sort of the albums and, and printing side came out of that so they, it still has heritage and then sadly gf smith became um a, a, a covid victim mm. um in terms of of the business just not being there for for that side they're still doing the paper merchanting yeah but they're just not there for the photographers now and that's a great shame because mm. I really like it. It it wasn't, but it felt like a because it was a family business, and it still felt like a family business whenever I spoke with them and dealt with them. Mm. So I greatly miss them. But um, I've gone to sim myself for the lay flat stuff, and I'm really pleased with the quality so far. Good. Uh, yeah, I think I, to, to answer the first part of the question about albums. Um, yes, I think. I I started about, I don't know, two or three years ago, you know, before all of this stuff happened, I started adding a package. I like my packages to be very simple. Yeah. Okay. This is what you get. Uh, This is the time I'm going to be there for. This is what you get. I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, you can pay an extra £20 for two pages in an album. You can have different covers. That that, that just doesn't interest me. I know it works really well for some people, isn't it? It works for many, many people. Extra spread cost. Absolutely, but it's not for for me. So I give them basically upfront options. Um, And I added a package which was um, essentially the big, you know, the, the big, the Big Balls Package, which included an is album. You, is that what you call it online? The Big Balls Package. Kev's Big Balls Package. Um, <laughs> which included an album uh, and, uh, you know, extended time and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, it was, you know, it's, it's reasonably expensive. You know, we're looking at kind of three grand. Yeah. Um, and I would say a much... I, I had no confidence in that mm. product. I didn't think anybody would, would kind of spend that. Yeah. I would say probably about forty percent of the clients for that year went for went for it went wow, for that that's yeah good. Um, I didn't get too many questions oh you know we we want that but you know w- what would it be without the album um, you know so um, yeah I think I think there's still a, an appetite for albums for sure yeah. uh, I don't I hate the word album I call them books albums just make me think of pink soft fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> squidgy books wedding albums like albums are something you lick the back of stamps and stick in right a wedding book is something that you keep and nurture forever um i like the sound of that yeah yeah <laughs> albums stupid word so yeah i think there's an appetite for them still yeah. i use jorgensen um yeah. uh digital lab also up in newcastle do um different variants of, of albums they've got some new stuff on the on the market yeah. now um, and I even think I don't know, but I, I think that um, potentially even Fujifilm do do it at the House of Photography. They do mm. print in there and everything. So, uh, lots of lots of options. But if you don't offer them, yeah. then people are, are unlikely to to be interested. Well, in Well, I, I am with you on that one because I'd put in um, prior to the war, I'd put in uh, a number of um, top level packages, same mm. as you mm. know, working extra hours and with an album. Mm. And uh, and the album was uh, was most certainly a draw, and I, I think people were starting whether they will now. I mean, apparently there's 1.5 billion pounds of money sloshing around that people want to spend. 
Mm. Not necessarily in the, in the wedding industry, but there's a lot of lot of cash that's not being spent. I was listening well, to yesterday. There's going to be a big boom, a big boom. But then there's going to be a big bust. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, lovely. That's what happens. I'm, it's, say, it, I'm it's, saving all my money in the boom. It's like the 1920s all over again. Oh, they God. come out of the they come out of the war and and everybody's like, right, let's get let's spend, let's spend, and make loads of babies. And then they had the Great Depression. Although things have changed there. a little bit um, in the way things fiscally work since True. That, that last. Uh, one but true but i suspect who knows but booms, yeah. booms are followed by busts so yeah i think i would agree with you that um there are people out there that want to and i have a similar package um and it involves albums and people want it um so i i think albums albums are albums are back in business there's no doubt about that. Books. But books 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 are back in business come on barbie <laughs> well it's been very let's, nice let's get partying <laughs> oh ken i never thought you'd ask um, right, that is it. Thank you to this week's guest, Steve Ford, who has the perfect life. Um, if you've liked any of this week's or, or, or parts of the show or any of the shows, thank you. And if you can, if, and if you feel it's relevant, please do leave a review. We haven't. We used to do a review feature, didn't we? Yeah. We should maybe go back to that one day. It yeah. Was a, it was a gratitude moment, wasn't it, really? Apple reviews are very good for us. Mm, yeah, they are. Um, if you can share the episode on Twitter or Facebook, you're an absolute star. See you in the Facebook group for any questions you have about today's show. Um, did we reach the two 2,000 members? I think we did or something, didn't we? Where are we now? You can look it up while I'm doing the last bits. Send your questions, stories about your work and anything of interest that you think the listeners will enjoy to click at fujicast.co.uk. Do not be sort of waiting. Mm. Thinking, well, one day, I'll, one day I'll get there. One day, This is your week. This is your weekend. This is whenever you're listening to the show this is your time for writing to us did we get to the 2000 1000 yeah 900 no and 43 oh i think i say 99 that would have been weird well look by the time yes this week we need another this, 57 of this, you this time next week just get another account and book on <laughs> <laughs> music from blue wednesday supporting music from the incredible artlist.io oh book, book of the week what was the book of the week again it book was, of the week was <laughs> well we'll do a link obviously uh, orchard a, beach uh, bronx riviera by wayne lawrence brilliant we will see you next week bye 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 the FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.